Welcome to Correct Culture. There are so many things going on in this world today that need to be talked about, whether it's political views, biblical views, um, things that are going on in society. It needs to be spoken about, and this is exactly what this podcast here is for. So thank you for tuning in and enjoy this episode of Correct Culture. Yo, 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 welcome to the second episode of Correct Culture. I'm extremely excited, guys, to talk about what I'm going to be talking about today. And that is church culture, because it needs to be talked about. I am sick and tired, so sick and tired of the body of believers being, I'm just going to be truthful about it, watered down, watered down in their convictions, watered down in their beliefs, watered down in the way that they see the seriousness of what God establishes in the church and and what he wants the church and the body of christ to look like and it's so misleading and, and manipulative and deceiving for us to see pastors on tiktok or on instagram or on facebook or any other social media platform that are getting behind things of this world that god is not okay with like abortion like lgbtq like just All these things that God is literally not okay with, right? And that the Bible specifically speaks on that he's not okay with, right? And also, let's let's really get down to the nitty gritty. It's not just abortion or LGBTQ. It's also a practice or a lifestyle of sin that is being accepted and allowed in church. And what it does is it it, it misconstrues the, the aspect of, the scripture come as you are. God wants you to come as you are, but he wants you to leave different. Anyone in the Bible who had an encounter with God, who had an encounter with Jesus, right? Their hearts were changed. Any miracle that Jesus performed, the person left that miracle changed. The person left that miracle with a different thought process, a different mindset, a different approach to life. And those who didn't, he called them hypocrites. They were called the Pharisees and Sadducees. They encountered Jesus every day, almost every day that he was here on earth. And they never changed. <laughs> they never changed. Nicodemus was 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 one of the people out of the Pharisees and Sadducees. It was like, there's something different about this man. And I really want to figure out what it is. And so he stepped into a mindset and an opportunity to learn from Jesus right? He was interested. He was, he wanted to know more, but then the other Pharisees and Sadducees, there's other Pharisees and Sadducees within the Bible that, that honestly, the group just wanted to get Jesus caught up so that they can get him out of there because he was taking their spotlight. But anybody else that you see in the Bible literally had an encounter and was changed by that encounter, right? Let's look at Paul whose name was Saul, and he was persecuting Christians, and he had an encounter with with Jesus on the Damascus Road, the road to Damascus, rather, and now he ends up writing, after that encounter, like three-quarters of the New Testament. That's an encounter, and that's the change that should happen when you have an encounter with Jesus. But what's happening is, the encounter that is being done has been watered down in a lot of churches. Church culture has 
has now derived to a mentality and an aspect of let's be comfortable. I want people to come to church and just be comfortable. They need to find a safe space, which is true. They need a safe space, but they also need truth. They need truth and they need what the word of God says, not what we think about the word of God, but what the word of God says and what it truly is expressing. We get that through the interpretation of Holy Spirit. So if Holy Spirit is not involved in your services, if Holy Spirit is not involved in your everyday life, then you will have a misinterpretation of the Holy Spirit because I mean of the of the Bible because the Holy Spirit interprets the things of the word. When you don't have the knowledge, Holy Spirit gives you that knowledge through interpretation. But you have to first have an encounter, which then leads you to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which then allows you to have that interpretation that you need to understand the word of God. These are the things that need to be taught in the church. The things that need to be taught in the church is the truth of God, the kingdom of God. The fact that, look, there are sins. There is a lifestyle of sin. And what is the consequences of sin? The wages of death. I mean, the wages of sin is death. That's what the Bible says. So anyone that's teaching you that you can continue in a lifestyle of sin that you're living and that God is okay with it is lying to you. And it's a culture that is deceptive. And I'm here to correct it. Okay, so let's look into it. Let's look into it. Let's start off, first of all, by understanding what God is for and what he's not for. So let's look at the life by the spirit. We need to understand what exactly is going on. Okay, so it says this right here. It says, so I say, walk by the spirit. This is Galatians 5, starting at verse 16. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Here we go. Get your pencil, get your pad, write them out so you know to avoid things of this nature. Sexual immorality, impurity debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live this lifestyle will not inherit the kingdom of God. Point blank period. That's not me telling you that. That's the Bible telling you. If you're living that type of lifestyle or any aspects of what is in those lists of the flesh, right? Those are the fruits of the flesh. If you see any in your in your life, if you see any aspect that aligns with that scripture between verse 19 and 21, then you have to sit back and say, look, I got some I got some soul searching to do. I got to look in to if I'm being led by the flesh or led by the spirit. Now, here's the thing to identify if the church culture that you are part of is correct or incorrect. You have to see the integrity of that pastor. What is that pastor teaching? Is he saying that homosexuality is okay? Is he saying that abortion is okay? Is he saying that, you know, doing things against God is okay? 
Is he saying that if you had an abortion or if he's saying that, hey, we need to stand up for women's rights and we need to stand up for their decision to abort a baby? Is he saying things like that? Is he saying things like, you know, LGBTQ community, who's to tell you who you should love? Who's to tell you that you can't love who you want to love? God says to love all people, but he's misconstruing the word of God. Because what you have to understand, and we're going to get in a different episode about this when it comes to sexuality, we're going to have a, 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 a discussion about that, a different episode about that specifically, but there are different aspects of love in the Bible. The word love has four different connotations, agape, phileo, storge, and eros. They need to be used in the correct context, right? So let me get back on topic. Anyway, if the pastor is preaching or the leader is preaching that it's okay to accept that lifestyle, that's incorrect. Now, to say that it's okay to accept those people, that is okay, but you're not helping them in that lifestyle in the aspects of continuing to live that lifestyle, you are helping them to acknowledge and understand that that lifestyle is not okay. This is correct culture in a church. This is correct church culture. When you bring people into the body of Christ, the way that they are, right? The, the, everyone wants to say, oh, well, Jesus sat with sinners. Yeah, he sat with sinners, but he didn't partake with sinners. Jesus was in the presence of sinners, but didn't do what the sinners were doing because he understood that he was cut from a different cloth. He understood that he came from God. He understood that he was supposed to have an impact. And how can you have an impact on a society or influence a society that you are taking part of what they're doing? There has to be a mass separation, a mass separation between holy and unholy, a mass separation between the fruits of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit, a mass separation between good and evil, a mass separation between what's right and what's wrong. It has to be identifiable. In incorrect church culture, it's not identifiable. Church starts to look like the world. Your leader starts to look like the world. Your pastor starts to do things of the world. These are good ways of understanding and acknowledging if your culture that you're around in church needs to be corrected or if you need to separate yourself from that culture. Because one thing that I'm not going to have is people who are listening to this podcast still be captivated, manipulated, and deceived by an incorrect culture. And I'm trying to tell you now, if whatever church you're going to is not giving a conviction to a lifestyle that you know is against God and are not giving you ways to get away from that lifestyle and to accept the fullness of Jesus Christ and to start living a lifestyle through Jesus Christ, then you might want to rethink where you're at. All right. So I want to bring some scripture into this thing because it's very, very, very important. So I want to look at Matthew, Matthew chapter seven, verses 21 through 23. Now, this is just going to go to this is going to show you that there are some people that are misleading People in the body of Christ. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And it says this It says, Not everyone who says to me, this is Jesus speaking, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And did we not drive demons out in your name? Do we not perform miracles in your name? 
Jesus says this. He says, I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. That's Jesus speaking. That's Jesus speaking. And the people that are speaking to them are people who are doing prophecies. And they're, they're driving out demons. They're doing deliverance. And they're performing miracles through the name of Jesus. But this goes to let you know. And, and a lot of people mis, misunderstand this and misinterpret this. But it says, Lord, Lord, not Savior, Savior. So many people, so many people accept Jesus Christ as their Savior but not as their Lord. Now, what does Lord mean? Lord means that he has lordship over your life. When you think of Edwardian time frames, when you think of like, uh, you know, the kings and queens and, and monarchies, things of that nature, when you think of that type of lifestyle, they, lords have servants and servants do what the lords tell them to do. And if they don't honor that or they do anything against their Lord, they're literally subjected to disciplinary action, which sometimes led to death. Right. And so what we have to understand when this scripture says, Lord, Lord, it's not speaking of the salvation of Jesus Christ. It's speaking of the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so many people are not teaching the correct culture in church about how Jesus Christ is Lord. He makes the decisions of your life. He reigns supreme over your life. God makes all things possible in your life but you have to live a life through jesus through your lord through the lordship of jesus jesus directs your paths god directs your paths jesus helps you through that path he gives you the example that you're supposed to live which is a life through him and the example that he left here on earth that is what is to be taught through church culture but unfortunately everyone wants to preach the salvation of the lord but it's more to that right the Bible talks about how we are supposed to um, accept with our hearts and believe, sorry, accept, uh, express with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to express with our hearts and believe, express with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you shall be saved is what it says. So when we speak and confess Jesus Christ as our Lord, we shall be saved because we are living a lifestyle that is under the lordship of Jesus Christ. When God sees you, he doesn't see you. He doesn't see Zach. He sees Jesus. He sees the blood of Jesus over Zach's life, which accepts me into the priesthood that we all inherit through accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Okay, so I want to actually go to another scripture, 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 17. And the reason why I want to go to this one is because this expressively ex says that if anyone is in Christ, this is at the 17th verse of the fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. This lets you know that when you encounter Jesus Christ, and anyone who declares that they are in Christ should not have reflections of their old life. So if I was in the club, if I was always at a strip club, if I was drinking, getting drunk on the weekends, or if I was getting high on the weekends, or if I'm sleeping with any and everybody, or any of those things, if I was always angry and always fighting and always, you know, being um, divisive, if I was always doing those things before I had an encounter with Christ, then I should not be reflecting that same thing while I'm in Christ. Does that make sense? Any church that is teaching that it's okay to stay in the lifestyle that you're in is not correct culture. Any church that 
that is allowing you to live in a lifestyle that you're in that is not okay with God and allows you to serve in that lifestyle is not okay. It's not okay. That's deceptive and they're setting you up for failure. I know many people because I started out um, as a musician. I used to play in bands. Um, I've, I've been worship leaders. Um, I've, I've just been in that realm of, of church and I see time and time again, and I have a lot of friends who still do that. They still play at different churches and, and things of that nature. But I've seen a lot of friends and have a lot of friends who who actually deal with certain things that are publicly known to the person who has employed them at a specific church, and they are not being dealt with. And when I say dealt with, I don't mean like, oh, putting the hammer down on them. I mean, teaching them that it is not okay to serve and be in a point of leadership and continue to battle with those things. You should not be smoking weed and playing the guitar. You should not be smoking weed and playing the drums. You should not be getting drunk on a Saturday, coming in church with a hangover to play music or to sing a song. That's not what you should do in those aspects and capacities of leadership where you have influential um, a part in the people's lives that you are ministering to on that day. You should not be in a position where you are operating out of an unsober mind. The Bible talks to us and tells us through scripture that we are supposed to be sober minded. That's the principle of the Bible. And when it's not being um, when it's not being taught and when church culture has allowed that to be something that is okay, oh, so long as they play the keys good, so long as they play the drums good, it's fine. Whatever they're dealing with is okay. No, it's not. Help your people out. Any church culture that does not express that, get away from it. Now, find a church and a body of Christ that will hold you accountable and will help teach you and lead you into the lifestyle of righteousness, which is through Christ Jesus. All right. Here's another one I want to look at. We're going to look at ultimately uh, the divisiveness that's happening in the body of Christ, right? Something kind of like vexed my spirit a little bit. I was looking on online. I was on Instagram and I saw this uh, post and on this post, it was, you know, of, it was of, you know, um, my church. I'm going to be candid. It was on my church and it was of a young girl who has a backstory. Uh, her father, um, you know, just went through some things, um, through his, you know, through his life and his wife passed away from cancer and she was in the midst of all of that. You know, um, their family really dealt with a hard time and, they're in the middle of we're in the middle of service and there's a high, high, high intensity of Holy Spirit. And um, he's singing his heart out because of his experience and knowing that God made everything that the enemy tried to do against him fail. Right. And he brought his daughter up because she's a testament of his life. He's a t she's a testament of what God did for him. And so um, what has happened in that post was people were dragging and saying like, oh, well, you know, why can't black people have this? Like, oh, this is something that no, 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 no. Let me let me get something straight right now. And we're going to look at scripture and, and really dissect this thing, too, because God does not look at race. He does not look at financial income. He does not look at sexuality. 
regardless, uh, 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 it should be man and, and female, period. But he doesn't look at whether you're a man or female, if you can serve, if you can lead, if you can speak of his gratefulness. God wants you and wants everybody to be unified through one thing, Holy Spirit. That's it. And I'm going to look at some scriptures. We're going to talk about some scriptures that plainly say that. All right. So let's look at Galatians. Galatians, the second chapter. Galatians, the second chapter at the 20th verse. It says this. All right. It says. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life. I now live in the body. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We are supposed to be living this life, not through our own cognitive. We are supposed to be living this life through God. That's it. We're supposed to be living this life through Jesus Christ. That's the unity that we need. Another one. We'll go to Galatians 3. Galatians 3 verse 28. All right. It says this. There is neither Jew nor Gentile that talks about race or nationality, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. Once again, that talks about slave or free, that talks about occupation, male or female, that talks about sexuality, right? For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So when we're talking about church culture, we're not talking about different races. We're not talking about different um, occupations or, or where you come from financially. We're not talking about whether you're a male or a female or whether you can preach because you're a woman or not. No, if you are in the body of Christ, Jesus, I mean, God sees you as Christ Jesus, as the blood of Christ Jesus. He sees you through the eyes of his son. When Jesus, when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. That is the culture that we need to build up. Not a culture of, oh, well, only black people can sing these songs. Only, only these churches can sing those songs. Only these people can do this thing. No, it's not about that. And that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants us to be divisive. He wants us to separate ourselves within the body of Christ. So now he can infiltrate and do whatever it is that he wants to do. That is not okay. What is not okay is that we allow the body of Christ to be infiltrated by division. Because people want to integrate their own culture. No, church culture should resemble Jesus Christ. Church culture should resemble the Holy Bible, the Holy Scriptures. Church culture should express and exemplify that of which is unity through Christ Jesus. All right, I'm going to read one more. This one I'm going to read is Acts, the 10th chapter, 34 through 35. All right. Acts, the 10th chapter, verses 34 through 35. All right. And this is what it says. It says, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. God wants us to do what's right. 
And if the church culture is not expressing and teaching what is right, if the church culture is not expressing and exemplifying what is right, if the leadership is not doing what is right, then they're setting you up to get the exact same thing that Jesus said. People will come to him and say, Lord, Lord, but he will say, go away from me for I never knew you because you did not do my father's will. Doing the father's will is doing what's right. You have to understand that. And when you grasp that concept, you'll understand that any culture that I am a part of that does not exemplify truth, understanding, and what is righteous through Christ Jesus, I should not be a part of. Look, guys, thank you again for your time. I know that this was a heavy one and I threw a lot of scripture at you guys, but I really want you guys to hear my heart in this. We have to correct culture, whether it's church whether it's the school systems, we have to get in and put our hands into the dirt and see what is going on. Why is there some misconceptions or why is there so much division in certain areas? And the church is one of them. And so I'm glad we were able to kind of discuss this and break this out. And I want you guys to hear my heart when I say this. Let's get it right, y'all. Let's figure out what's going on in our cultures. Let's attack it forefront, right up front, right in the face of it. Let's not be afraid. Let's not be timid. Let's be bold. And let's go out here and continue to correct culture. I love you guys. And until next time, have peace, be easy, and let's correct culture.